HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. Hey, bud. What's going on, pal? Hey, hey. How, how is Portland? Portland. Portland. It was really good. I uh, had a lot of great food. I uh, was at the uh, smoke event. Ran into a couple of people I know from Bon Appetit there. And uh, yeah, what was the event? What were you doing out there? It's a uh, it's a big food festival thing they do. It's called Feast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's put on by uh, Bon Appetit actually. There was a really cool. Um, American single malt whiskey uh, panel that Paul Clark and uh, Christian Krogstad were on, and oh, cool. uh, yeah, it was really cool talking about American single malts and did uh, did some tastings on that, and kind of like comparing them to a lot of them. That I they were comparing them back to like Japanese whiskeys, yeah, and Japanese single malts, which kind of makes a lot of sense. I mean, kind of lighter, easier going. Yeah, it was cool, man. Went Light. to some great events. Lighter and easier going. Yeah. All right. I mean, then, then, like, say, like a Lafroy or sure, absolutely. something like that. Yeah. Uh, the Japanese are, you know, kind of winning at the whiskey yeah, market right now, sure. anyway. That's right. Everybody's into it. Yep. Went to some cool, uh, cool restaurants. Went to Little Bird. Oh, yeah. I went there when I was there last. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, I really dig the sort of the, the entire layout of the place, right? We sat up mm-hmm. at the counter. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Yeah. And the food was outstanding. Totally, man. How about you? Yeah. What'd you do this weekend? I need to get back over to the, to the west side. Yeah. Um, man, I've been kind of busy just running around doing stuff for USBG. We had our meeting on Monday, which was a wild success. We did it at a comedy club, and they, they did an hour of comedy for us. And it was like that Rodney Dangerfield style where they just pick on everybody. In the oh, audience. yeah, for and sure. I was, I was right up front with my red glasses on, so oh, boy. I got hit a lot. <laughs> I, all three of the comedians singled me out <laughs> for one thing or another. It was pretty hilarious, though. Nice. I, I can laugh at myself. <laughs> uh, then yesterday at Coup... Uh, Philip Duff, who's been on the show before, our, our good buddy, yeah. he launched his new uh, Old Duff Geneva, 
great, great turnout for that. He was super nervous, but everything went real smooth. Super <laughs> happy to have his juice out and about in the, in the real world now. It's a, it's a real thing. It's a real boy. <laughs> um, and just a, super exciting. And then last night I went to see Amanda Schuster launch her book, which we talked to mm-hmm. her on the air, um, yep. over at Holiday Cocktail Lounge. Got a little holidayed. Oh, boy. And then also, I won a competition yesterday. Lasardo <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bitter uh, had a competition that I was a finalist in, and I, I, they reached out to me and said, you're a finalist, you got to come for the judging. And I said, well, honestly, I can't come because I'm launching Phil's products and he's my buddy, so I don't want to you know, leave him alone. I feel like I need to hold his hand a little. And uh, they said, well, you can send a proxy. So I sent Sean uh, Johnson, my bartender from Amori Margo, and he won. Great. So, <laughs> so I'm going to Italy. Uh, and one of the judges of the Lasardo competition, this is, hey, listen, there's no nefarious goings on here. <laughs> one of the judges was Brad Thomas Parsons, who's our guest in the studio today. Hey, Brad, welcome. Yeah, the, <laughs> grazie. The, the timing on that is, is suspect, but I, I was a non-partial judge. And, That's right. Uh, and it was a delicious drink, so I'm really glad you won. Oh, thanks, man. No collusion um, here. No collusion. That's right. Um, well, Brad's in the studio with us again. You've been here with us before, uh, but you've written yet another book. He's yeah, you're book always machine. The, the third book. One of my first stops coming in to see you guys and hang out. Yeah, man. Uh, Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Super happy to have you. So I guess we should just kind of, well, first we can mention uh, for, you know, first time listeners, uh, you've written two books already, um, uh, Bitters, which won a James Beard Award as well as an IACP Award. Uh, one of my favorite books, Thanks. Amaro, which is a gorgeous book, all except for page sixteen. Um, <laughs> so full, so full page photo of me. <laughs> uh, we've had a lot of complaints about that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. listen, you took the risk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now you've got this new book, which follows a very logical trail. You went bitters, Amaro, and now distillery cats. <laughs> exactly. I, I wrote a book about cats. So I, I, I recently I, ha- I woke up with a the night sweats, and I was like. This book is either going to derail my career or, or it's going to sell more than the other two books combined. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll oh, here, so we're, so we're, uh, so we're, uh, waiting to see. But yeah, it was kind of, it's this fun, uh, passion project. I've always been a cat guy and it combines two of my favorite interests, uh, cats and booze and, and one fun project. And, and we wanted to make sure it was more than just a coffee table photo collection of a bunch of cool looking cats. And so we decided to, have an illustrator, uh, Julia Julia um, Quau, uh, Quau of uh, Chicago, did the illustrations for the book of uh, so thirty different cats around the country working at distilleries and breweries, and in a cheeky little fun book where I sat down with the cats or emailed with the cats and, and had uh, <laughs> as told to interviews, and and there's uh, fifteen cocktail recipes sprinkled throughout. So it's it's a yeah it's a different physical looking book than my other two books and uh if you know me it is a you get it i think and then hopefully a lot of people will get it anyways whether they love cats or or booze it's a fun little equation that comes together nicely yeah i mean you took two things that people really dig and you crammed them together cats and cocktails yeah why not and you had the Instagram feed going for a while for this, too. Yeah, yeah so that, that thing's really taken off. Absolutely, yeah. The, the origin story started, uh, you know, right after, before Bitters came out. You know, the logical question is, what's next? What's next? And uh, I, you know, Amaro was the next first choice, but at the time, Bitters hadn't come out yet. And my agent was like, that's way too esoteric. Let's wait and see. And so then I 
I was reading this story about ships cats, the history of cats who've worked on ships from the Mayflower to tankers to battleships in the military. And uh, there were these great photos of like cats sleeping on mini hammocks and they were in sailor suit kits and Churchill was putting <laughs> a medal on one and, and these kind of bittersweet <laughs> stories of, you know, cats at sea. And so in my mind, I was like, um, you know, nine lives on the seven seas, uh, it was going to be called the history of ships cats. And then, and, and then I kind of filed that away, but then it got me into, you know, as we know, there's bodega cats, bookstore cats, barn cats. So these working class cats, these cats who kind of earn their keep, so to speak, which led to distilleries. And so I wrote an article for Punch in 2013, I think, about, uh, uh, you know, juxtaposing the, the distillery cats historically from Ireland and Scotland where they are, you know, one of them, uh, Towser the Mouser, holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most mice killed. You know, they were these, like, hardworking cats, and when they died, they were often statues were erected, or they were uh, taxidermied and yeah. put in the rafters. <laughs> and I, and I, I cross-referenced it with the new-look craft-distilling cats in America, who are actually more brand ambassadors and social media stars. So it's kind of natural to take a selfie with the cat when you're in the tasting room or hang out. And many of them have their own accounts even. So so I, I wrote that story. And then about a year later, um, Ari Shapiro from NPR uh, was going to Scotland to do a story on distillery cats. And he was a big fan of my piece. And he had me on as the the cat expert, which was a fun title to have, and <laughs> and uh, kind of gave me a nod to like my story had inspired that trip, and that's when I sort of said to the publisher like, hey, let's maybe do something about this. And so at the same time, when I got the okay, I started the Distillery Cats Instagram, which is just at Distillery Cats, which has now like eleven thousand plus followers, which dwarfs <laughs> my own following. And I kind of started that as uh, research, just like capturing you know these cats so to speak to all around the country and the world and i opened the the umbrellas a little bigger where i have uh uh um i have uh winery cats vineyard cats uh cats in bars um breweries distilleries and i put the photo up uh simple facts like name boom boom i don't try to be too cutesy or give little comic asides and it just kept growing and growing and that was the base to then discover what 30 cats I want to feature in the book. So one of my favorite research part, you know, unlike Amaro, there wasn't a lot of traveling to Italy or anything. It was more spreadsheets tracking cats and trying to find <laughs> out, you know, which which states, how many states to have from different cats. And then sadly, some cats take off on their own. Some cats pass away. And so uh, uh, we have one in memoriam cat in the book we wanted to keep in there. But so I was herding cats literally with an Excel grid kind of, <laughs> you know, name, you know, where they live, all of that stuff. So, yeah, so the so the Instagram is sort of its own thing, and but it's really helped get people excited about the book for sure. It's great, man. Pretty amazing. So uh, the Instagram, they're not all your photos that people submit no, photos. No, they're, 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 yeah, they are crowdsourced photos where I spend a lot of time every day, like, tracking down different, you know, people originally were submitting them. And now it's just more of, I either get tagged in a lot of them that want to be submitted or uh, it's a lot more work. It's, it sounds funny to say it's work, but it is a lot of work trying to it's tracking work. down the hashtag, finding the cat, getting the name, if the name isn't there. Um, and then I kind of keep keep that going so there are some fan favorites that appear like on a regular basis us uh, many in the book um but it's always fun, fun to find new ones too and kittens kitten distillery kittens uh blow up they get the most likes when the, kit, <laughs> when the kittens come out to play so to speak uh, it's, it's just amazing 
So wait, uh, this was this was kind of you started the the Instagram kind of while you were told yeah, by it, your publisher to it, be on pause for tomorrow. Yeah, well, on, on that's a, that's incredible, right? <laughs> pause. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, how many cat funds can we fit in in this? Um, so yeah, it it, it was interesting because yeah, so I had. Uh, Sold Amaro. Amaro took about three years to write, and it, and at the same time, we quickly sold Distillery Cats. And originally, the idea was to write them at the same time and publish them in the same season. And as a former marketing guy, I, I didn't want to have two books in the same season, even if they were wildly different audiences. I, it, and I wanted Amaro to be my second book. Uh, so it, it, it Amaro took a, a lot of work to write, and it was impossible. I pretty much wrote Distillery Cats while I was on book tour for Amaro. So it was it was a little challenging. It's a much easier book to write. It's shorter, but it was just a lot of hurting and working with illustrations versus photography is a different kind of process as well, which was very interesting. So yeah, so I had two books at the same time, and that's why this came out a year after Amaro. So book four, which I'm getting ready to turn in soon, a uh, proposal for that wouldn't likely be till fall 2019. So that'll be more in the usual publishing schedule. <laughs> not, so book every, I'm not a book a year guy like James Patterson by any means. Right. There are those guys that are just super prolific. Yeah. Warren, Warren Bobrow, he cranks them out. It seems like he puts one out every week. Yeah. Yeah. Cannabis cocktails. Cannabis cocktails. All over it. Um, well, this looks like it was a super fun project for you. Uh, because I know, I, I do know you. Uh, maybe the listener doesn't, but I do know you. I know you're an actual real life cat fanatic. Yeah, the book's dedicated to, to my your, to your cat, my Lewis, roommate, right? yeah, Lewis. <laughs> uh, it was funny. Lewis was uh, I, I did an interview with uh, a Pittsburgh newspaper, and it was very formal. When they mentioned Lewis, they were like Lewis, fourteen, who lives with the author in Brooklyn. <laughs> it was very uh, formal way to describe him. And is this a sketch of Lewis right here? Yeah, that's Lewis with he's, a little he's rocking. On? <laughs> that's his uh, Lewis is a, it's dedicated to Lewis, and he's in the dedica- uh, the dedication page. Wearing his tuxedo, which uh, it started as every Oscar night, I'd put that on him, and that and it only lasted a couple <laughs> years. He got he got over that. So so yeah. So I, I sub- for each cat I submitted up to six different photos for the um, illustrator to get inspiration from, and and so it's when she came back with Lewis and the tux, it just seemed perfect. So That's amazing. It was like yeah. So <laughs> why not? That's awesome. But yeah, no, he's he's been a companion through all my writing and all my. Uh, you know, uh, writing books and, and with this one in particular, you know, I sort of, I, I, I did the analogy where you see like, uh, yeah, I have two analogies for this one. It's sort of my side project from my band, you know, it's like my EP yeah. to an LP, but it's also, um, when actors, uh, you know, like a serious actor suddenly does a, a Pixar voiceover movie it's sure. for their kids, you know? So this yeah. is some, this is for Lewis, you know, it's a, a book that he can enjoy, you know, versus Amaro or cool. Bitters. I'm sure he enjoyed those as well because I've seen photos of your apartment where he's climbing around in your Amari. Yeah. No, he, like, yeah, he's he's he's, he's, he's my he's sort of an unofficial distillery. Cat. Exactly, he's, like a, he's a guarding home, your home home distillery. Your cachet that you have yeah. over there. It's a it's a, a war chest full of Amari and bitters. Um, well, you mentioned maybe you want to uh, uh, read an excerpt from the book. Yeah, I would be happy. Yeah. It's because it's fun to because you wonder like, oh, what is this about? You know, is it and and and. Uh, it's fun to, oh, this will hopefully give you a little taste of it. So uh, I'm going to feature one of the uh, breakout stars from Instagram and the book, <laughs> a, a cat. Breakout Instagram <laughs> cat star. Yeah. So so originally, the, one of the concepts when I first started this, I wanted to treat the cats like 
superheroes or baseball stars and kind of collect some stats about sure. them. Uh, so the book has uh, a full page illustration of each cat uh, and then some informa- biographical information and then uh, an as told to essay. So this is a, a local brewery. Uh, the cat's name is Gangsta Cat, nicknamed the mayor, and she is from Other Half Brewing Company in Brooklyn, New York. Her motto, Gangsta Cat doesn't play nice. She's four years old, category brewery cat, favorite human body part, lap, but only on her terms, favorite toy, gangsta cat doesn't have time for toys, (laughs) hobby, putting the squeeze on weaker cats, number of mice apprehended, unknown. So gangsta cat. Usually, usually it's the business that seeks out a distillery cat, but sometimes the cat finds you. The feline that would become known as Gangsta Cat was already living in a colony next to Brooklyn's other half brewing company in the industrial neighborhood of Gowanus. When they first opened, director of sales Joe Harrow remembers her stopping in to check out the new tenants. And while Gangsta Cat still calls the cat colony home, in the winter months, she takes up residency at the brewery. She's got her badass street name after harassing other half owner and master brewer Sam Richardson's dog. Gangsta Cat still makes her rounds, exploring the alleys that connect the backyards of the apartments next door, but comes back to strut down her turf and pop in for a snack. Beyond intimidating the other neighborhood strays, she likes the attention of visitors, but always on her own terms. She likes to post up right in the center of the party and won't turn down a good pat, but if you cross her line, you'll know it. She didn't get that name for nothing. She's known to show up when the taproom gets hopping and to leave when the crowds go away. Gangsta Cat doesn't like weak parties. Uh, Hera thinks of Gangsta as more of a neighbor or regular who co- who uh, sometimes crashes on your sofa rather than a full-fledged feline ambassador for Other Half Brewing Company. She marches to her own beat. Legend has it someone once tried to take her home and adopt her. She messed up the inside of their house badly enough that they wisely returned her to her home on Center Street the next day. And does Gangsta actually catch any mice? We've never seen one inside of our space after three years, so we're pretty sure she's doing something right. Cool. <laughs> so that's a little taste of Gangsta Cat. Amazing. And is there an associated uh, cocktail with that one? Or uh, That's a brewery, so I didn't, oh, right, have, sure. I didn't have beer cocktails. Uh, yeah, so that's why it's half and half. There, There's uh, 15 drink recipes for, for those, yeah. For all the distilleries? Yeah. Cool. And you, so you have not visited all of these, but you visited many. Obviously no, the local ones, I'm sure. Yeah, the local ones for sure. Uh, when I went to drop off, uh, we did some fun uh cat buttons for this book and uh and i went to drop off gangsta cat is one of the buttons and i dropped off some and i was hoping to see her but like gangsta she she decided so they're like she was just here but she had taken off for the day or something <laughs> so yeah um i you know i'm always seeking out cats when i'm like going to you know barns or whenever i see a cat bodegas i get really excited and and the brewery ones uh I, i've tried to visit most of the local ones and i'm excited for the book i'm doing some events uh, with cats from the book, uh, upstate New York ones in particular in Hudson Valley. There's uh, Orange County Distillery, uh, Newburgh Brewing Company, and Rushing Duck Brewery. So I'll be getting to meet and greet all of their cats. And, and we're trying to make all the events also be a um, to benefit a local cat shelter as well. So whether people bring oh, donations right. or some people are donating, uh, the, the hosts are giving sale, sales of the drinks that night, go towards a cat organization. And when you buy a copy of the book, you get a free cocktail. So it's a it's a fun collaborative thing. It's not as grand a tour as tomorrow, but it's a it'll be a fun fun little uh, adventure. So we're doing a few events in New York and then Seattle and San Francisco. Yeah, amazing, pretty cool. Uh, and the, officially, it drops today. Yesterday. Oh, yesterday it came out yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, we are right at the midpoint, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk to Brad Thomas Parsons more about distillery cats. I want to know more about like the history of this, uh, you know, this practice in the beginning. Sure. Because right? you go into some of that in the book or no? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Let's talk about that when we come back uh, from this break from our sponsors. is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words... I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. All right, we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network, and we have our good buddy Brad Thomas Parsons in the studio today. We've been talking about distillery cats. We have, and we just no. started... <laughs> uh, we got Dame... How did you say it? Dame, 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 Damian Bolte. Damian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just right over here being myself, I guess. Um, <laughs> kitty, kitty, kitty. Where do you get this stuff? Um... Well, the internet it, is vast. The, the internet is a huge place for stuff. There are no cats here, folks. That's right. <laughs> um, also, you brought us some juice to taste. We may as well talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I always like to show up with a little something bitter for you guys. Uh, yeah, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago in Punch in the, in uh, a story I did on new new wave aperitivos. So uh, you know, there's Italicus, Bitter Bianco, yeah. some of these new um, some some Italian, some American expressions. And this one's really interesting. It's called Bear Trap Liqueur. It's made from Row House Spirits in Philadelphia. And the distiller, who's featured on the label, looking like a circus strongman, kind of shirtless and shorts with a little hairy chest and beard and bald. His name is Dean Brown, and he's been doing these fun Amari collaborations with local restaurants and breweries. Uh, so he's done one called Standard Amaro with a local brewery in Philly, which has um, really interesting uh, caramelized peaches. It's aged in... In uh, a bar- barrel aged, then he just launched um, one with ha- ha- the High Street Market in Philly. There's one in New York as well, which is kind of a fernet style. And then he just did a, a kind of a beer amaro. But this was his first one, and he considers it an aperitivo, but it really is more of a tradition of Strega or Jägermeister. Um, very anise forward. He doesn't share a lot of ingredients, uh, but there's Tiber th- uh, chilies in there, ginger, and it starts off red like an aperitivo, but it's lightly colored from rose hips and hibiscus, and it starts changing to this copper color in the in in the in the bottle. 
especially when when light hits it. But the story about the name Bear Trap, which is kind of funny, is he uh, has a lot of customers who are part of the the bear community. These big burly, you know, bearded gay guys. And oh, that kind of bear. That kind <laughs> of bear. Yeah. And he's uh, he is not, but he sort of can pass for a bear. And so when his wife's out of town, they kind of tend to flirt with him a bit. And so he calls himself a bear trap. And uh, so <laughs> so uh, the and the bears that come by his distillery like doing shots of Jaeger. And so he kind of wanted to try his elevated take on uh, a, a small batch version of it. And, and as he ironically likes to say, he says, ironically, it's best consumed straight. So, so it's, uh, <laughs> but it's good. It's kind of could be a shooter. It's a sipper. It's uh, interesting. You know, I love what's going on with the domestic made Amaro. I'm way into it. Yeah. 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 Uh, there are more and more of them all the time. Uh, yeah. This aroma is delightful. Yeah, so it doesn't, you know, so it, when I put it in the pair of TV roundup, it's not Campari-like. It's not, you know, uh, Aperol-like at all. Um, but he frames it as an aperitivo in his portfolio. Um, but I think it's fine as a digestivo as well or a shot. Or yeah. Chili's really cool. Yeah, really floral aroma and a little bit of white pepper maybe on the aroma. And then, yeah, that flavor is uh, definitely reminiscent of Strega. So obviously there's some saffron and, and that chili note comes way late. Yeah, he traveled through it's Europe a lot in the 80s and 90s and was kind of obsessed with that herbal liqueur drinking culture. And it's from Philadelphia. Are you, do you, are you aware if it's available here in New York? It is currently not. Unfortunately, like many regional Amari yep. in America, they all have yep. different distribution rules. So I have a friend that lives in Philly that uh, does a little cannonball run. Whenever he has a new release, he holds me a couple bottles and pay my friend to bring them in, in for me. So uh, cool. so this was, but I picked this one up when I visited, I visited him in person this summer for the first time to do a little interview and get to know him a little bit and uh, brought this home with me. And so it, it's fun. I, I had a good time writing about it. Awesome, man. Really appreciate you bringing it in and sharing it with us. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Um, now back to the matter. At hand. By the way, this is a, we forgot to mention at the top of the show, Damon, this is a double header today. It's like baseball season yeah. up in here. <laughs> We're going to do two shows back to back today. Yep. We got BTP in the in the studio currently uh, talking about distillery cats and bear traps and whatnot. Uh, right after this, we're gonna at three o'clock our normal time. We're gonna go right into Matteo Lasardo from Lasardo uh, in Italy. We He's just in, saw a moment we ago. Just saw him yeah. outside at the table Eating having pizza. pizza. Um, Triple header, because then after all this, we're well, going that's right. back to Grand Army that's for right. Brad's book release party. Yes, and we're gonna have some. Uh, some Amaro cocktails and some Underberg and a whole lot of fun. We're going to also, um, did we set up the donation thing for? Yes. Uh, Brooklyn animal action is, uh, this. So, so as I said, I wanted to have a lot of my events benefit a local cat organization. So, so, um, we have some great sponsors on the spirits front. The Damon and his team are coming up with some specially priced cocktails crosses over with grand Army's dollar oyster happy hour and the book will be for sale but i'm also collecting uh donations uh it can be cash but we're also asking for um kitty litter toys wet or dry food um for the organization so they're based in brooklyn and they they uh are a foster organization where they have fosters all throughout the city for these cats and kittens that have come from the streets or abused and they're trying to find new homes for so it's a good cause, cause yeah. and uh and great and cause for good tiny paws tiny paws yeah so um <laughs> so we'll have some information on them there as well but yeah so this is open to the public six to eight tonight cool. and uh and it, i think we'll have a fun little turnout so yeah, i'm looking forward to it yeah parties at grand did army you, are always great 
Did yeah. you? I know you. I know. Spoiler alerts, but did you come up with any cat names for the drinks? Or, uh, or? Yeah. We'll just have to come out and find out, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bolty. Yeah. No, but yeah, I'm excited to have have it, have it there in, in the neighborhood with uh, Damon and the crew there. Yeah, right. And what? Oh, sorry. What was the name of the organization again? Uh, uh, Brooklyn Animal Action. So you can go to Brooklyn Animal Action. I'm sure they've got a website. You yeah. Can dot, figure out how to donate um, for good. Yeah, calls. you can donate good online calls, anytime. We were gonna do a, a, a Venmo so they would know they're coming in through Distillery Cats, but for now we just wanted to. We're gathering um, materials, and there happens to be a, a Pet Smart close to the bar. Yeah, so it's about a block away. Hoping people can come in, just pick up a case of food or a bag of food. And bring There's it also in. a bodega that's right there on the corner. And no they excuses. have the cat in there and oh, lots of food and stuff. Sweet. So, so yeah. no excuses. Yeah. So hoping <laughs> hoping people will, will uh, be generous with that. So it is. So it's not just about the booze. It's helped help these little guys, too. Yeah. yeah. Red. So before the break and before we got off to drinking, um, we were talking about uh, how there's a history to this. This isn't just something that you, uh, uh, you know, sort of noticed that there were cats around distilleries. And as you mentioned, the... The, the cats on ships. There's there's like some history to cats I mean, working for their keep or what have you. Old Tom Jen. Oh yeah, of course. That's a, old Tom's a cat, right? Yep. Yeah, well, it's it's sort of a circle of life with cats. You know, rodent. You know, the grains, the cash crops, expensive things, barley, wheat, rye. They attract rodents, mice, birds, uh, and so enter the cat <laughs> to sort of um, be a natural pesticide. And dogs started out, you know, being when they were domesticated, they were a pack, they are a pack animal, so they traveled with the humans. The cats, sort of, what I've read up on it, have come came in. They took care of the things that were around the humans, like you know, them farming would draw other things, and they would kind of come in. So they're always kind of, you know, I, I love dogs as well, equal opportunity lover. I've had both, and but. Um, Cats always get a bum rap. It's like, oh, you can't train them. And a lot of people say that's because they're really smart. But that's they kind of came in after to clean up the stuff and hang back. They were never, like, at people's sides. And so farms were one of the first places. Like, farms, uh, you, we might talk about ships, uh, bodegas, you know. So there is sort of that un, the thing you don't want to think about. Like, oh, does that mean there's a cat here? Does that mean there's mice running around? And, and with the breweries and distilleries, you know, I don't want the book... My worst fear is the book will become like a health inspector's go-to <laughs> to like right. start r- rustling up all these cats. But um, and I did ask each place like, "What's your local rules about having a cat?" Uh, and there is a lot of don't ask, don't tell. Um, <laughs> a couple of the cats in the book have been busted since, and sadly, and they uh, are now on home duty. But um, but it is yeah, like even like in my, our neighborhoods we live in, you know, you see the bodega cat. It's just part of the deal, and some people don't get it or appreciate it and the reality is like once the cats are there the mice do go away like it's not going to be a constant problem it's rare that they're going to start dragging in things every day and a lot of it most of the time the cat is nowhere near any food production or the or any the processes are usually closed so you're so they are often in the office or they're brought in at night after they're shut down. So, um, you should just so see them sleeping on the floor on a box or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I'm biased, but, but yeah. So, so, so it was interesting. Like, so they were, you know, put to work, um, for pest control, like organic pest control. Sure. And some brewers and distillers will say, well, it's better than using poison or chemicals around all the things we do as well. So, so I don't go too, too deep in the book. In the introduction, I talk a little bit about that. And, um, I take the, you know, 
look the other way sort of approach. I mean, I know I've seen, you don't see them a lot here, but in, in Europe, uh, cats are in restaurants and bars and cafes like London, especially. And, and uh, they're, they're just a part of the society where there's a house cat there, you know, and, and they're there for a long time. People know their name. They sleep in a certain spot. They go, they mingle. Um, so if you're anti-cat or if you're allergic or you get a little upset about it, you know, move on. I, th- I think yeah. a little bit. But there are worse things. It seems like world. a symbiotic relationship, you know. Like, yeah. It seems very, you know, as you said, the, the cats maybe weren't uh, walking alongside the people, but they were, um, you know, they were taking advantage of the fact that we are, um, uh, you know, for better or for worse, we're kind of a messy bunch, and we leave things around that draw other animals that then the cat can capitalize on. Exactly. Right? Yeah. There's some there's some so. cold blooded killers in the book. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like the in the stories, um, there's one um, verbal. I think he's the last cat in the book, uh, named after Kaiser Soze in, in uh, <laughs> the Usual Suspects, where he has the photo or the illustration they used is a whiteboard listing. His, his annual tally of kills. And so, you know, so they have, um, you know, mice, grasshoppers, moths, and then my favorite, don't know, D-U-N-N-O, you know, with two, one. So right. they brought in something they can't identify. Can, yeah. identify. beyond identification. Yeah, and there's a lot well, of... That's, and by the way, that's your that's your confirmed kill list, right? Like exactly. Yeah. We don't know what, what we didn't ever see. Yeah, so right? so mice killed was like a stat in a lot of these cats' uh, profiles, um, even, you know, not to get too graphic but but yeah so i mean if you've ever had a cat you know they they and if it has any outdoor privileges they tend to bring in some things from time to time and leave it for you as a little reward and to show off you know what they've done yeah yeah to let you know that they're on the job yeah as it were <laughs> absolutely i mean i don't see anything wrong with it at all i think it's uh, it's part and parcel to the to the to the, to the manufacture of these these things beers and spirits and as you mentioned those grains are laying around they're gonna draw um, yeah, uh, pests. Well, and, a, if, and if we've got a soldier on foot right there who's ready to take care of it without being squeamish, in the, uh, in, we, we may as well. In the book, there's one cat, Jeffy, from uh, Kings County Distillery, and he was part of this great tag team, Carlos and Jeffy. And Carlos sadly passed away to, uh, I think, a feline leukemia. And, uh, and everything was normal. Then after Hurricane Sandy, uh, Dumbo was flooded. Right. And... and as, as Colin, the dis- master distiller there and o- owner, says, you know, it was a zombie apocalypse of mice. You <laughs> just came, they all were like swept in, and it took three weeks. But the the duo got rid of all the all the the new uh, Hurricane Sandy rats that oh, came man. rolling in, and they they were then it was clean as a whistle. It was all set. Right. Yeah. It's like it's population control. It's the natural order of things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a culling. Yeah. It's the natural order of things. It, it makes complete sense to me. I don't. Uh, I'm not skittish about that stuff, but I'm also yeah. I'm also a lot more pragmatic. You know, like it makes sense. I yeah. would so much, as you mentioned, I would so much rather know that there's a mouser on hand to take care of that kind of thing than than to think that like maybe there's some, uh, you know, uh, not not as well trained as he should be, pesticide guy who doesn't realize that he's around a, a brewery because he just sprays pesticide at you know wherever they tell him to yeah. go spray it. And um, it contaminate grains. Contaminate the thing and put the flavor off or put people in danger or what have you, you know. And a lot of the cats have, uh, you know, as part of their, they become marketing uh, tools as well. And a lot of the breweries are naming beers after the cat or the cat's oh, yeah. faces on the can and everything. So it's, uh, they do these, a lot of breweries are now into these like limited runs, like other half does these limited runs. We also so. mentioned before, these, the cats are now, it's because of modern, you know, whatever. Now the grains aren't just piled in a silo, they're in a, 
you know, bin that's plastic and sealed and there's no getting to it anyway. The cats are now just the ambassador. Yeah. So they the, are the face of the place. No, because if you look at the geotags of, like, the breweries and distilleries on Instagram, every other picture is people with a cat. Like, like a place like here at Roberta's, at Heritage Radio, where there's picnic tables out in a courtyard. Cat's just doing its thing. You know, I was at, I was at this uh, newish restaurant recently in uh, East Williamsburg called the Matza Cafe. It's kind of a a Morrow-centric spot. I've been meaning to hit it, and I finally went there. And they've got a cat hanging out in the back patio. They named Amara, which is a nice little female nice. cat. So, um, so yeah, it made me happy. Like, I just remember, you know, for every, I, I get a great joy of it, but I do understand when people like, oh, I don't get it. But, but, but um, yeah, the cats will be distracting on tours. Sometimes they have to put them away because everyone's looking at the cat walking around or getting under their legs. They, they you know, my cat, Lewis, tends to know, you know, we, we live alone together, but when I'm on the phone or have a call or conference call or Skype, that's when he comes out and starts drawing, you know, like, like, ram, ram, ram. and I'm like, oh, there, there he is. Yeah. So I'm like, you're sleeping all day and now you come out. So cats tend to know when, when the most inconvenient time to, uh, to prance around and do their thing is. And so, yeah, so taking a selfie, uh, with the cat, hanging out with it, um, People come in and ask for them specifically. They're like, you know, we already bought stuff last week, but we want to come back because we got it a cat. So some some of the owners kind of get it and are and are are um, maximizing it, but and others are just sort of like deal with it. But it, and the fun thing about the book too is all of the cats except one were adopted or um, brought in from cat colonies or feral cats. There's a thing uh, TNR in the cat community. It's called trap, neuter, release. So like in in Red Hook, you know, there's dozens and dozens of feral cats. They kind of hang out in the same empty lots. People feed them. They build little shelters for them. So they go in. So organizations will go in, trap them, you know, neuter them to make sure they're not going to keep having babies and baby kittens, and then um, release them, put them back into the wild. So some organizations, like in Chicago, the, one of the Chicago cats in the book comes from this like work release program where they put the cats into breweries. And so the owner of that particular brewery loves cats. He's dealing with these feral cats who do not want to be touched or messed with. So it breaks his heart that he can't pet these guys who are like living in his brewery and working for him. And they're a little tougher. You know, they got the ear, they, they mark the ear, they tip the ear. So when you see that with cats, that usually is a sign that they're, they've been uh, neutered, but they're also on the wild side, you know, they come from the streets and, and, um, and there was one cat that, that was, was uh, paid for is a breed cat, Fletcher Pickles. He is a uh, service animal. The, the, the owner is a a veteran um, and, and has it for comforting. And so it's a cool. Yeah. So I love that. I love that part of it. That kind of adopt, don't shop ethos with animals. A lot of people, um, you know, I like to promote and talk about is, uh, if it's true with this community. So these guys all have these kind of Dickensian down under luck story for the most part, where they were a street cat or they were found in the hood, you know, hoodie when the cats in the book was found under the hood of the owner's car, try to get warm at night. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. uh, <clears throat> uh, there was one cat, uh, auto automatics, his name. Cause they, they found him like in the brewery the day they were releasing their, their automatic, you know, the beer called automatic. So the, the naming origins are funny, but for them, a lot of these guys were found like, in construction build outs or hanging around or just stopping in for some food and never leaving. Um, there's a cat in Nashville Corsair called pizza cat. And he came in and like just hung out in their break room, like eating all the food. And he looked like he's a tortoiseshell cat that looks like pizza toppings. So they're like pizza cat. And so, yeah. So. <laughs> nice. It's red. Well, I think it's really cool that you're, uh, that you've written this book at all. Um, and that, <laughs> that you're, that you're, um, really trying to promote this, you know, this, this goodwill camaraderie, 
Thanks. towards uh, uh, towards cats in, in these positions. Hey, I noticed all through your conversation today, you keep referring to it as their jobs, like they're they're <laughs> they're part of the team. They're on the they're on the clock. Yeah. They're working. They're punching in. Yeah, yeah, they're personified, um, and that you're linking it all up and doing all these great things, or you have all these great plans to do things that uh, that get that do charity for these cats. And that's yeah, great. It's, it's been really fun cool. to see, like you know, all the cats got copies of the book, and so they're posting them with the book, and p- owners reading the book to them and showing off. They're they're proud to be featured in the book, so it makes me happy. Nice. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so. really rad. So again, uh, later today at what time? Six to eight p.m. Six to eight. Grand PM. Army. Yeah. In uh, downtown Brooklyn, Borum Hill. Yep. State and Hoyt. State and Hoyt. Uh, we'll be having some bittersweet cocktails, some Underberg mm-hmm. oysters, and uh, oh yeah, we we yeah. always have Underberg. We have three oh, yeah. right here Don't on the table. Have, oh, gonna, oh yeah. We're gonna do them. Oh, relax. Cool your jets, buddy. There's, <laughs> there's plenty to go around. Uh, I've already had one today. You know, as you know, I have one when I wake up every day. Before your feet hit the floor, huh? Before my feet hit the floor. Absolutely. It's a thing. So I want to uh, hang out all day with you guys in here. You can hang out. Talk uh, to Mateo. Yeah, please stay. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so yeah, let's mention that again. Um, this is our first show at two p.m., which is going to be our new time slot here on Heritage Radio. Um, and because of timing and and travel from Italy and all the fun things, uh, we're going to go ahead and do a, a second show at our normal time, three o'clock, with Matteo Lasardo from Lasardo. Uh, so we're going to take basically a fifteen minute break or so after we do this Underberg. Um, and, and start up again with, with him in the studio. And you're totally welcome to stay and hang out and talk to him because I know you know him and you guys are friends. Um, I'm, I'm excited gonna, to I'll hear. I'll grab some pizza and look through the glass or pop back in with you. <laughs> yeah, let's hang out with us. Um, anyway, once again, really excited about your yeah. new book. Thank it's, you so it's much. It's really charming and cute, and it'll uh, you know it's a delight to read and, and to look at and even to hold. Like The cover is very <laughs> tactile. Um, no, I always like to see you guys out in the wild. We're good friends, and it's always great to come in here and see you guys doing your thing. Um, I listen to us every week, so it's always great to be here. And I guess I'll be back fall 2019, if, yeah. if not before. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll anticipate that with, uh, uh, with, with, with racing hearts to see what the new book is. All right, All right. we're going to go out on this Underberg. Uh, take us out, Dave. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.